Oh, you boys, they my brothers, they my friends. Yeah. I let Coach Sumlin. Yeah. I let the stoop. The entire first half, we got hit in the mouth and acted like somebody took our lunch money, and all we wanted to do was have pouty expressions on our face. Hello, and welcome to the Around the 12 podcast. My name is Tanner Price, and I'm here with my co host, Greg Hockert. Greg, how do you feel about the number three versus the number 12 matchup? Oklahoma versus Texas and the Allstate Red River rivalry. Is it really sponsored by Allstate? It is. It actually is. They snuck that one in there, didn't they? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I could be I could be wrong. Maybe it's always been sponsored by Allstate. That's um I, I don't know, Tanner. I think this is a this is a really anti-climatic game for the big 12 as in they're promoting it as it, because it's their own and, and it is, but for all intents and purposes, this is like, I mean, this is an sec matchup 368 days from now. So like, I don't, it doesn't, it, I'm excited for the game, but in terms of like what it means to the conference, it it's, this game is showcasing what, the Big 12 conference is losing when they leave next year. The SEC commissioner is going to be in attendance. I mean, the teams might as well just put the SEC patch on their freaking jerseys because, like, it, it it's it's a little bit disappointing. I won't lie to you. Um, you know, I, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to set you off. I did not expect this, but I'm very glad that that, that this is what we got on the opening. This is this awesome. Is how we, this is how we started. <laughs> this is our opening banter. It's just I, – I, yeah. I you know mean, what? I don't like either of the schools, but I will miss the the game and I will miss the the like the hatred, you know, like yeah. that that has been brewing between these schools for you know decades. So yeah. I I think that this is funny. So my my thought on why you're so riled up already is because uh you didn't have Oklahoma State football to get mad at this weekend, so therefore you're mad at a game next weekend already. <laughs> Are you <laughs> saying that I'm just an angry individual? Uh, when it comes to Oklahoma State football this year specifically. Um, okay, wait, Greg, I'm going to throw you a curveball here. Um, I have been thinking about this um, for quite a while now. It, who in the Big 12 is your favorite team Sands Oklahoma State, like not including Oklahoma State. Who's your favorite Big Twelve? Team? Oh, it's, it's so easy. I've said Ooh. this for I've said this for years, Tanner. I don't know if I've ever told you, but I've, I told everyone that would that, that's willing to listen to me. It's Kansas State, which is ironic because Oklahoma State's playing Kansas State this week, but it is by far and away Kansas State. I have, I have many many reasons. Um, the first is that while I've never been to the great city of Manhattan, Kansas, I'm told that it is very similar to Stillwater, Oklahoma which is near and dear to my heart. Uh, Kansas State, the fan base just reminds me. It's very similar to OSU's fan base. You have ag schools, neighboring states, um, not necessarily the biggest brand, so to speak, in their own state, but like can hold their, can more than hold their own and have proven so, especially in the last, you know, 10 to 15 years. 
Um, and then that purple, man, I, I like that purple. Their fight song was my high school's fight song. So th- there's just a lot oh my of, gosh. There, there's, a, there's a lot of things that, that I like about Kansas State. Um, but I, I won't be cheering for them this weekend. Let's make that clear. So before two to three weeks ago, I probably would have agreed with you. Um, but I, my, my uh, second favorite team in the Big 12 has switched, and it's now West Virginia. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I am loving this. Um, let's see. Last week or this past weekend, they beat TCU in a thriller. Um, let's see. The week before that, they beat Tech. They should have lost to Tech. Week three. Um, what did they do in week three? Oh, they beat Pitt in the backyard brawl. I mean, come on. I, I'm i loving this right now. Um so, so let's let's make this close. You're you're on the bandwagon. However, I'm a loyal Kansas State second favorite school. Never wavered. I've got my lavender on right now. No one can actually see me. K State's my K State's my three. K State's or yeah, K State's my three currently. Basically, uh, two through fourteen now in the Big Twelve are very fluid for me. One is not. Who? Outside of OU in Texas, who's your least favorite? Least favorite? Mm. I think that it's Baylor. I think that that – I don't know. I I can't put my finger on it. You know when you're just like, I just don't like this? Uh, for some reason, whether it's food or a movie, but you're just like – I don't like it. You can't put your finger on it. That's how I feel about Baylor. It must be that those all gold uniforms they're going to wear this weekend. <laughs> mine, mine is Texas Tech. Also, an easy, easy tech, choice for me. Tech would be thirteen for me. So, yeah, easy choice for me. Um, it's it's nothing against Texas Tech themselves. Um, it it's just it it's a tough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, and, and, and I actually have been to Lubbock, so I'll, I'll make that clear. I'm not just hating on Lubbock for no reason. Um, but, yeah, I'm not, not a huge fan of Texas Tech, and uh, their fans don't have a lot of nice things to say about uh, about Oklahoma or about anyone, for that matter. Uh, so, yeah, okay, not, well. Not, not, not a huge fan of them. <laughs> well, there you go, Greg. Um, how did we do on our locks of the week last week? Oh, I, I I felt great about mine and and it hit. So uh, BYU came through for me. I, I appreciate it. Um, I just realized just realized that I actually picked BYU as my lock two weeks in a row. And even though they burnt me the week prior, I, I stayed with them probably because I didn't realize I was picking them two weeks in a row because <laughs> I uh, I hold grudges. When it comes to lock of the week, um, trying to think of who I picked. Who, who's the other team that I picked that that, that didn't come through? Um, I don't remember. I don't remember either. But uh, yeah, four four and two on the year is not too shabby. So not bad. hopefully I can improve on that. I am flipped with you now. I am two and four. Uh, thanks to Kansas losing by twenty six. So that's awesome. Um, to be fair. To be fair. You nor anyone else knew that Jalen Daniels was not going to play. Thank you. I appreciate it. So I am going to throw that in there in your defense. However, I will say, I think I'm going to start the hashtag fade Danner train 
Um, because <laughs> I, I think that you can't go two and four in your lock of the week and not get a little bit of crap. So Okay, well, everybody should fade me then. And then when I start hitting them, you better keep fading me. All right. <laughs> okay. Well, let's 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 hop into it then. Um, Greg, why don't you talk about your luck of the week a little bit? BYU hosts Cincinnati, their first BYU's first home Big 12 game against a newcomer as well. Um, BYU pulls it out in a 35 to 27 victory. But what what do you have on this one, Greg? You know what stood out to me the most, Tanner? What's that? And and maybe some BYU fans could educate me on why this is the case. Why does BYU's end zone look like they just dumped a bucket of paint on it and then like took blankets and just spread it all across the field? It like it's it's just as much green as it is blue. Like I I, I don't understand why. I'm assuming they have quality, high quality donors. Uh, I know they've got authentic grass out there in Provo, but I don't understand why we can't get some really nicely painted end zones for that beautiful, um, I don't know, what, what, Navy. Is that what they're wearing? Yeah. Yeah, it's Navy. Um, I honestly, Greg, I didn't pick up on that. Um, I'm sorry to I let saw, you know. I saw I saw a picture of it um, on on Twitter from from what some, someone was in attendance um, that, that was on my on my timeline and it didn't look great but anyway um sorry that was not had nothing had nothing to do with the game but um the game itself was much more high scoring than i thought it was going to be um both teams especially cincinnati i think really were uh more so i don't want to say known for because i mean we're only in week this was week five but um at least we're expected to play better defense in this game. And Cincinnati started off playing excellent defense. BYU had like 30 yards uh, up until the final drive of the second half where they scored in like three or four plays. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, this was a really good game. And um, Tanner, this is uh, out of all the newcomers in the conference, this is the only victory. They are one in seven. And the one Ooh. win came, came in a game in which two newcomers faced off against each other. So not That's a tough. good look for the, for the new Big 12 members. I do have to say that despite the loss, Emory Jones played very well. Um, I didn't get to catch this game live, um, but I did do a rewatch of the game, and Emory Jones played pretty dang well. Um, too bad they couldn't they couldn't pull it out in the end. But um You know, you know yeah. what I'm just noticing now, Tanner? What's that? Cincinnati had 500 yards of total offense and BYU yeah. had 295. And honestly, I, I just, I just said Emory Jones played a great game. The difference in this game is that pick six he throws. Like, yeah, that's that is the difference in this game. Um, so, good game overall. One mistake costs you, which honestly, that's not that uncommon in in football, college football, NFL. Especially anyway. in, in conference play, the margins are getting much, much, much closer um, now that we've started. Um, but okay, Tanner, let's let's talk uh, Kansas, Texas, your lock. Um, obviously, the biggest news that came out of this game was like maybe 15 to 20 minutes before the game started, it came out that Jalen Daniels um, hurt his back like in the hotel or something like that that morning. They, they need to put that man in bubble wrap because – 
he was he was completely healthy in in walkthroughs the day before on Friday. Yeah, so that's I don't know what happened, but Jason Bean started in place of him, and he he didn't play terrible. But you know, they I think they would have been much better off with uh, Jalen Daniels. Oh, I I totally agree. Um, it was interesting to see Kansas run a 1990s style uh, option triple option offense for a little bit there. Um, it looked like it looked like my offense on uh, NCAA 14. <laughs> it kind of did, Greg. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, Kansas got some some nice uh, breakout runs there, um, but Texas is just so they're just overpowered. Um, also, I I did want to mention this. I I think that other people nationally have said this, but Quinn Ewers looks a lot healthier. Um, he looks. Like I and I think the stat was that he lost like fifteen to twenty pounds somewhere in that range. He his one thirty yard uh, run. He looked fast. Well, fast for his standards. Um, he looked really good. He was making really quick decisions. Uh, their RPO game was firing on all cylinders. Um, and Jonathan Brooks, my goodness, can that boy run? Holy cow, Texas! Their O line too. Oh my gosh. I hate to say it, but they look so good. So I, th- I think it's funny you bring up Quinn Ewers' health. And I uh, I had this thought uh, this past weekend and because I-, I watched the majority of the Texas-Kansas game. And the commentators brought up the fact that he lost 15 to 20 pounds over the offseason multiple times throughout the game. I think it's because they were running out of things to talk about. But it got to the point where I was like, this is weird. Why? Why are we talking? Like, why are we talking about the fact that he that he lost weight? They. It was so funny on that run. You were talking about the first thing the commentator said in the analysis. There is they were like, well, he might not have been able to make that run last year. The the you know the weight loss certainly helped to move a little quicker. I'm like, guys, <laughs> they're just flaming this man. <laughs> he wasn't fat. <laughs> Like, he's not one of the he's not a left tackle he's not that big like yeah, I don't know I mean I, I get it I get it um maybe part of it too is the you know shaving the mullet maybe that helped him lose a few pounds oh, as well um shaving his his, his beard but he looks he does Texas, look a little better I Texas, do say Texas looks the part and um my 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 kind of my fear Tanner um, is is coming true um, I, I, uh, I said all along that that I didn't want them to win the Big Twelve. Um, I'm, I'm not cheering for them, but uh, I have to be also, objective and call it how I see it. And and that's the, this is kind of how I thought it would look. However, I, I didn't think they'd be undefeated up to this point. I, I thought they'd lose to Bama. But let's let's also not forget that um, your your fear. You're talking about Texas and OU in the Big 12 championship game. Let's not forget that on the flip side of that, OU has played probably the two worst teams in the conference uh, between Iowa State and Cincinnati so far. So um, let's not let's not get that mixed up in any sort of way. Also, this game probably would have been significantly closer if Kansas did have Jason – or, sorry, Jalen Daniels. I was about to say Jason Bean. Um, but, yeah, Texas, Texas looks the part, like you said, Greg. I am really impressed. Um, Quinn Ewers is pretty decisive. He looks he looks a lot better than he did last year. Okay, well, my computer's bugging out here. Let's see. 
Who do we have next? Okay. Oklahoma at Iowa or Iowa State at Oklahoma. Gosh, I'm all over the place. Uh Oklahoma puts it puts it on Iowa State 50 to 20. Um I don't have a ton to say about this one. This was kind of a snoozer and definitely went the way that I expected it to. Um I'll I'll tell you what, I didn't I didn't expect Oklahoma to drop 50. Really? What sure. and what explain that? Explain why. I've I've heard all season how you know Iowa State's defense is is supposed to be one of the best in the country and and they're they're not really looking that way uh, at the current moment. Even Oklahoma State managed to score twenty seven on them, which if you've been following Oklahoma State at all, you'll know is is kind of a, a, a big feat <laughs> for them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, let's see, twenty one in the first quarter, nineteen in the second quarter, and then ten points total in the second half. And, yeah. I, and I think that for their first touchdown or their second touchdown, Rocco back through a pick six. So it was, their first, it was their first touchdown. It wasn't all offense, but I mean, still uh, 50 points is impressive. Yeah. Yeah. They also, oh, you also got a safety in there too. So yeah, just kind of, um, kind of what you would expect from a top contender in the big 12 playing a lower can not a non-contender in the big 12. Okay. Um, I don't know. Wow. My laptop is losing. It's fun. Okay. Uh, I've, got, next... I've got Texas tech and Houston. Yeah. I think. Yep. That's, okay. that's where I was going next. Um, Greg, I thought that this was going to be like the uh, uh, Patrick Mahomes, Baker Mayfield, OU tech match uh, from a couple years ago at halftime. What you, you told me the stat before we started recording this game hit the over at halftime. Is that right? Oh yeah, yeah, but yeah, in the second quarter, yeah, I don't remember what the line was set at, but they 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 beat it before uh, before it was halftime. So it, this was a crazy game. I, I didn't think any defense was gonna you know seemingly uh, be able to stop anyone. But credit to Texas Tech for coming out and uh, pitching. A, I mean, they pitched a second half shutout. So um, after giving up twenty eight in the first half, I'm sure yeah. they got chewed out in the locker room. Yeah, no, and um, you know they they hung in there too. That they uh, they blocked a, a punt in the first half. So I mean they they hung in there in the first half. I think Houston looked like the better team, but then Tech came out and just honestly, I mean they just ran away with it. So I did I did say that beware of Donovan Smith. He he threw for three hundred and forty yards and four touchdowns. Yeah, and, and there's a little bit of that revenge factor in there too. I think uh, coming back and playing, you know, against his former school, so um, that that could have maybe had something to do with it, added motivation. But nonetheless, I think Houston definitely proved they aren't a they're not a complete pushover. Um, but but again, Texas Tech is still uh, has not impressed me up to this point, to say the least. So. Yeah, I think we all kind of knew that Houston's defense wasn't going to be great this year. So Tech putting up 49, it's surprising with Baron Morton as the quarterback. It, it's slightly surprising, but also not super surprising, um, depending on how you're looking at it. But um, yeah, it's Tech finally gets on. Well, I guess they were one and three before this game, but they got back um, on the winning side of things. Okay, Greg, um, you and I both took UCF in this game. Baylor goes down to Orlando, and we think 
that UCF is going to win this one comfortably. And the first quarter, first half, actually, I feel great. I actually stopped watching this game. Oh, I did too. Yeah, I, I, UCF I the channel. UCF was up 28, actually 35-10 at one point. 35-7. 35-7 at one point. In the third quarter. <laughs> yeah. I, how, I think, do you, how do you lose this game? Well, most of their students had left the game. Um, Baylor was kicking a field goal with three minutes left in the third quarter to cut it to 35 to 10. I, I mean, I, I don't, it's like that. It's like that meme of Chris Paul. Where oh it's my like gosh. Chris Paul hits huge three to cut lead to 42. Like that's how I felt when Baylor <laughs> kicking that field goal. But in this case, it worked out for them because they scored 26 points in the fourth quarter to pull out the comeback. I mean, I mean, it's insane, and they, they had a defensive touchdown in there. Um, UCF, I think, just kind of – you know, kinda I, I, I hate this. Yeah, I hate this phrase, but they, they let their foot off the gas. You know, I, I think if they're maybe a little bit more aggressive – because if you think about it, they, they, they need they, they need to score a total of three points in the fourth quarter, you know, to, to basically guarantee this win, and they weren't able to do so. And uh, I, I think – put their kicker in a really tough spot trying to kick up was it 60 yarder 57 yarder to win the game that's just people will get upset but that's not the the kicker did not lose them the game if the if the kicker pulled that out it would have been one of the luckiest wins um i, I i'd have ever seen but uh, obviously i mean he he kind of whiffed and i don't even think the the ball ended in the end zone so yeah i Tough, tough closeout. Um, Baylor also getting back in the in the win column here. Um, but yeah, I, Baylor can Baylor confuses me. I don't I, know what to make of them. I agree. Um, having a defensive I, I, touchdown in there though kind of kind of helps out your offense a little bit. It, it is of note that Blake Shapin came back um, and and was healthy and, and played in this game. And I mean, he kind of just put up Blake Shapin numbers. wasn't wasn't fantastic. <laughs> Wasn't horrible. Um, it was just, you know, game manager threw for 300 yards, one touchdown, almost 300 yards, one touchdown and pretty average completion percentage. So yep. um, really nothing, nothing crazy, but still much better than uh, the quarterback play they were getting in the last couple of weeks without him. Yep. I, I agree with that. Uh, yeah. I, I think if you're, if you're UCF, um, you have to win that game. No, no doubt about it. Uh, they probably practice on Sunday, probably twice on Monday, maybe a couple times today. Um, I'm not sure, but I'm sh- I know and, that and they. I will say this too: UCF and their fans will learn. That's not a game. This is what you said, Tanner. But that's not a game you can lose if you're actually legitimately wanting to compete for a Big Twelve title. That's the type of game that will keep you out. If they, if they, you know, go five and two. The remainder of the year, or, or, or five and one, however many games they have left, and they already had a Big Twelve loss. That's going to be the game that keeps them out. So it's it's tough, but it's not the American Conference anymore. So, um, yep. All right, Greg. Yeah. Let's talk about my second favorite team in the Big Twelve. Um, West Virginia goes into Fort Worth and beats TCU twenty four to twenty one. Uh, very very close game. Garrett Green, backup quarterback for West Virginia, throws exactly as many touchdowns as I threw this weekend, and that is zero. Um, but it doesn't matter. 
he can still run for two touchdowns um, as well as uh, running back CJ Donaldson jr. Running for a touchdown as well. So there is your three touchdowns and then getting a late field goal um, will always, always do good things for you. Um, Greg, what do you got on this one? You know, I I don't have a whole lot. I, I think that, that I would still say, I know you're pretty high in West Virginia. I'm skeptical still. The jury's still out. I just don't know how you can win games solely relying on the run as much as they are. Um, I think Garrett Green probably matched his like season high for passing yards in a game with 142. <laughs> so, I, and they were winning game. They won against uh, Tech last week. They threw for like 90 yards in the air, and and that, and that was their backup. But still. Um, I don't know how much longer they're going to continue to be able to win games like that, but I will say they have a bye week, then they have Houston, and then they have Oklahoma State. Houston and Oklahoma State are Houston for sure. Oklahoma State maybe jury's still out, at least in my mind. But objectively speaking, two of the worst teams. Do they go into conference? Do they go into week eight? Six and one, or yeah, six and one. I mean, it's more. They will be. They will more than likely be favored in both of those games. They'll definitely be favored against Houston, and then they're at home against Oklahoma State. So depending on how OSU looks the next two weeks, um, I would say they're more than likely going to be favored in that game too. So if you would have told me that West Virginia had a chance to be 6-1 and one heading into you know week eight, I wouldn't have believed you. That's fair. Um, I, I also – I teased something a little bit last week. I said, would it be that crazy – if whoever wins this game between West Virginia and TCU ends up in the top 25, um, West Virginia won. And I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm a little bit upset that they're not in the top 25. They have some, they have some quality wins and their one loss is to the number six team in the country. And they didn't get blown out of the water. Um, I really think that West Virginia should be in the top 25. Sure. Fine. You can say they received five votes in the AP poll. Whoop-de-doo. They are probably better than five, five ish teams in the top 25 as is right now. Um, And I don't think that that's too much of a hot take to say that. Um, I know they can't pass the ball, but they are winning dirty, grimy, nasty games. And that's the way I like it. All right, Greg, let's talk week six. Um, who's who's on by this week? We just said West Virginia is on, on a bye, and BYU is also on their bye this week. Um, We've got a few teams. Cincinnati also has a bye. Oh, yeah, we only we only have five games this week. We don't have six. Yeah, Cincinnati yeah, and I guess Houston as well. Okay, so three newcomers and West Virginia. Um, who's the – oh, UCF is playing Kansas. Okay, uh, Greg – Friday Night Lights, once again. Um, I think that this is a pretty consistent thing for the Big 12 this season, um, having one game on Friday. Um, but we have... Are you, a, are you a fan of that, by the way? I am. I, I Personally, okay, I, I am. We, I think we've talked about this. I'm a fan of it, too. So I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of not having your teams play over each other if you're a conference because you want people within your conference to watch your games, if that makes sense. So, like... Not having well this week there's two six p.m. games or seven p.m. games, which whatever time zone you're in. Um, but 
let's say there were two 11 a.m. games and two 7 p.m. games, like fan bases aren't able to watch multiple games at the same time. Um, or a majority of those fan bases aren't Greg and I are great at multitasking. Um, but I really like this. I also, I like controlling, um, different time slots basically is what I'm saying. I, I do too. I, I like the idea. I also think it's, I mean, look, there's not a lot of c- competition for a primetime slot on ESPN on a Friday night in the fall. Like they, like they, they, they just don't have much. The NFL is not on. Um, the NBA is not on yet. Um, I, I think as, you know, here in the next couple of weeks, uh, I just went ahead and looked ahead. This is the only Friday game for the remainder of the year. We've got a couple mm. Thursday night games um, later in the year. And then also, the, um, I, I believe we've got some Friday Thanksgiving games. So that's gotcha. Black Friday okay. games. So a little bit different because it is, falls over the holiday weekend. But uh, I think now that the NBA is coming back shortly, um, they'll take over that Friday night slot. But right now you have no competition. Yep. And so you're guaranteed a primetime slot on ESPN. That's automatically going to increase your viewership by probably a couple hundred thousand than would normally watch it if it was on FS1 at 2.30 on Saturday. So Absolutely. Um, Couldn't agree more. Anyway, Tanner, we've got Oklahoma State hosting Kansas State. What, give me your thoughts. Give me your pick. Okay, so Kansas State is currently a 12-point favorite. Um, I really don't know. Will Howard hasn't looked great, um, but neither has Oklahoma State's defense. Kansas State's defense hasn't looked great. Oklahoma State's offense hasn't looked great either. Um, I am going to go with my third favorite team in the Big 12 on this one. I'm going to take Kansas State and in my heart of hearts hope that I'm wrong. Yeah, I'm conflicted, um, to say the least. I'm going to be there. Um, it's a blackout game in Stillwater. It'll be a lot of fun, um, you know, obviously, if it's a close game or OSU's winning. Uh, if Kansas State rolls in and wins 48 to nothing like they did last year, then it won't be very much fun. But um, I think, Tanner, you hit on this. Uh, if Oklahoma State wants to compete in this game, they're going to have to throw the football well. Uh, Kansas State's got one of the worst pass defenses in the country, but one of the best rush defenses. So I think it's going to have to look a little bit like Missouri's game plan. And they just utilize, they, I mean, they had Luther Burden, which Oklahoma State does not have a Luther Burden, but they've got a variety of receivers um, that, that are certainly capable of making plays. So uh, Alan Bowman is getting the start again. Um, Finally, some consistency there at quarterback for Oklahoma State, and and I like that. I think that only is going to benefit them rather than hurt them. Um, So even with all that being said, I unfortunately am going to be picking against Oklahoma State. Um, I will take Kansas State. I think that Will Howard uh, and that running game uh, for Kansas State is just going to be too good. I I just don't see a a drastic two-week improvement between letting Rocco Beck and Iowa State drop 34 on you um, for then going to fit. Going into the Kansas State game, I just don't think they're going to be able to slow Will Howard down enough. Yeah, yeah, I I agree with you. Um, and yes, Greg, you're right. Kansas State does have one of the worst <laughs> passing defenses in the country right now. Currently, they are giving up 264 yards through the air a game. Um, that's, that's pretty tough. Um, but we will see what Oklahoma State can do. All right, Greg, Saturday morning. At the Cotton Bowl, Texas State Fair, Oklahoma 
Texas, who you got? I've got Texas. Um, sorry to any any OU fans. This is basically a, an SEC game the way I look at it. So I don't. I don't it, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Um, and, and Tanner, I think the other reason why this game, I think it, it kind of sucks that it's the last Red River game in the Big 12 is this is probably the most anticipated Red River game in – God, I don't know how long. Years since like, definitely, I would say definitely since Sam Ellinger, his like junior year. Did that? Did that ever coincide with? He was after Baker Mayfield, right? Or no? No, he did. He did. No, play. it was the it was the Sam, it was the Sam versus Baker year, and freshman Cameron Dicker came in and kicked the game winning field goal for Texas. That's what it was. Yeah. You're right, I think. And that was no, no, that, no. I, I think I think Baker won that game. I oh, think was Baker, that? No, you won that game. I think that was the next year. Oh, so that was Kyler and Sam. I believe so. Oh, that that's the famous Gus Gus Johnson called Dicker the kicker. Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah. No, uh, it, it's gonna it's gonna be a lot of fun. This is a classic rivalry game. You know, it's it's one of those things where I, I never really cheer for either team because either way I'll, I'll kind of be a little happy because one of them will lose, but um, I, I will take Texas in this game. I, I feel pretty good about it. That, that defense for OU that's been hyped up Tanner is going to get a real test. Oh my gosh. I don't know who I think. I, I want to go with Texas, but I'm going to be different just to be different. Um, I'm going to OU on this one. Um, mostly because I need Texas to lose three games this year. Yeah, I was going to say, if they win this game, I don't think that under 10 <laughs> win bet is, is going to work out. Yeah, so I'm going to go with OU on this one. I do think that Texas looks low-key unstoppable right now, um, but we'll see. We'll see what happens on Saturday morning. I'm very, very excited for that game, though. It's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun. Okay, Greg, next we got UCF at Kansas. Um, Kansas is currently a two point favorite. And I don't know if this is, uh, if Kansas being a favorite is with or without Jalen Daniels. Um, what do you, what are you thinking on this one? This is probably one of the harder games to predict, uh, all year or all year, all week. Um, just because of the fact that we don't know who's going to be a quarterback for either team. Uh, John, is it uh, John Rice Plumley? Yeah, John Rice Plumley. He may or may not be back. Um, I, I was looking it up before the game or before we recorded Tanner, and, and it, Gus Malzahn is not one apparently to give out injury status, um, but there is a reasonable 50 50, 60 40 chance he'll be back. Um, and then for Kansas, this mysterious Jalen Daniels injury. Uh, it, it's, it seems like it's just a reoccurring, nagging back tightness that could get better in a week, but also, as we saw this past Saturday, could just instantly come back and, and, and start to hurt him to, where the, to the point where he can't play. So very hard to predict. So I'm going to go with the home team. I'm going to go with the more experienced backup. And I picked against Kansas the last time they played at home against BYU. They proved me wrong. Well, okay, I guess I picked them to win, but I picked BYU in the spread um, as my lock. So I- I'm going to go with Kansas and, and I'll ride with with Jason Bean and, and company. I'm going to go opposite of you. I actually really – I liked 
Oh gosh. What's uh what's UCF's backup's name? Uh Timmy McLean. Timmy I, McLean. I, I actually really liked what he did last week against Baylor in the first half. Um I'm gonna go with UCF on this one. Now, can I can I couch it with this? If Jalen Daniels plays, I'm going Kansas. Here's the thing. I UCF does not have a great run defense. They gave up 270 yards on the ground two weeks ago to Kansas State, who averaged seven yards of carry on them. Kansas might just run triple option down down UCF's throat, and 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 they're just gonna have to deal with it. I don't I don't know. I mean, even if even if Jalen or even if Jalen Daniels doesn't play in this game, I think Jason Bean and the threat of him running um, all right poses all right. big problems for UCF. All right, you convinced me. I'm going UCF all the way. Okay, no, no worries. Even if Jalen Daniels plays, <laughs> I'm just teasing. But yes, I'm going with UCF. Okay, Greg, Texas Tech visits Baylor. Um, I I kind of like this matchup. Um, have you ever heard of what's called a silver fight, Greg? Uh, I don't believe so. Please inform me. Have you ever played Call of Duty? You know what's funny is that. Barely ever, um, because my parents were were very strict growing up when it came to video games. I was I was not allowed to play the rated M video games. Um, so so you know people may laugh at me for that, but uh, no, I, I stuck to I stuck to Mario Kart and, and, and NCAA and Madden and 2K growing up. So fair um, enough. Please inform me what um, what you're talking about. <laughs> so a silver fight is um, when two not great players get into a one-on-one matchup um in call of duty and so they're just like shooting their guns all around the place we don't can we don't like gun violence here this is a video game um but two guys are just like going at it but they're really bad at the game so they they don't actually hit each other um that that's how i feel like what this game is two two and three teams going up against each other one's going to end up being 500 uh, they're going to be three and three, and one's going to go end up being two and four in this one. Um, I don't like this game. I think it's going to be. I kind of feel like it's going to be really high scoring, because I don't think either of the defenses are that great, but I think the offenses are decent. Um, what do you What do you got here? I've got Texas Tech, and I'm only. This is again, and I'll caveat this with: this is a really tough game to predict. I just. We're getting to the point in the season now where, uh, the, the like I said, the margins are getting closer. But also, this is a one-point spread. Texas Tech is favored by a point. This is basically a pick game, meaning Vegas doesn't have a clue what's going to happen either. <laughs> uh, and so I don't feel uh, completely out of bounds in saying that I don't really know what's, what's going to happen. Um, but I will take Texas Tech. Um, I think that the more... Baron Morton plays. I think he's very talented. I think the more experience he gets, the better off he'll be. Um, whereas for Baylor, I just Blake Shapin doesn't really do it for me. Um, and they're all yellow uniforms. Tanner are just awful. <laughs> they're just the worst thing that has ever touched the football field. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna pick Texas Tech because I, I I dislike Baylor's uniforms. That's my answer. Okay, I'm gonna go with Baylor on this one. I think that, like you said, uh, Baird Morton is young and Blake Shapin has more experience. 
Now, whether or not I like Blake Shapin as a quarterback, whether or not I think he's extremely average as a quarterback, I'm going to take Baylor in this one. Um, being at home provides you with, um, I would say, one to two points in the spread. In the NFL, home field advantage counts for three points. Um, I'm going to give Baylor the advantage here. And yeah, I think that they'll win. Okay, Greg. This one I think is probably going to be the easiest to pick. TCU visits Iowa State. TCU is currently a six and a half point favorite. You're giving me a smile like you're going to take Iowa State. <laughs> what do you have here? Give me Rocco Becht and no Iowa way. State. Oh Let's my go. gosh. I changed my mind at the last possible second, right as you were finishing up your Baylor and Texas Tech thoughts. I was <laughs> I just I just had to look at that game. You know what? TCU has not impressed me at all. They they came in with a lot of hype, um, whereas Iowa State, and, and I think they're still playing this way, they've got nothing to lose. They've got nothing to lose. I think that Matt Campbell is still a good football coach. I think he doesn't get enough credit because of the fact that Iowa State has been down the last year and a half. And it's a night game in Ames. You can talk all you want about, you know, home field advantage, whatever. Does that play a factor? It, it does in Ames. I'm going to ride with Iowa State. I don't think TCU is going to be able to hang. Okay. I'm going TCU on this one. Um, I'm glad you switched up because we now are different on four of the five games this week. So we are going to have very different uh, results come come next week. Okay, Greg. Who, who is your lock of the week, and why? Oh gosh, uh, I'm not going to lie to you. I I have no idea. So th- this is tough because I like to approach the lock of the week segment with confidence. Um, <laughs> and you know, I, I feel like four and two is a good record. And uh, look, I, I'm trying to do more than make a bowl game here with my with my record tanner. I'm. I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to win nine or ten games, and, and I have to do, I have to turn it around real quick if I'm going to do that. Yeah, yeah. I oof, I don't know. That's I I believe in you. You can go 500. We'll get you there. Um, so yeah, I, this is tough. I I think that you know TCU Iowa State that, that I like Iowa State to win the game. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm too scared to make them my lock. <laughs> uh, Baylor, Texas Tech, unpredictable. UCF, Kansas, who's playing at quarterback? I don't know. Uh, I'm staying out of the Red River game because that just <laughs> – you just never know what's going to happen in that game. And then Oklahoma State, Kansas State, you know, I, I want so badly to take the pokes to cover, but they've broken my heart already way too many times, and it's October 3rd. <laughs> so it, it would not be wise nor uh, – in the best interest of my health to take OSU as my lock. So um, with all that being said, I think I convinced myself earlier when I was talking about how strong Kansas's run game is and how weak UCF's run defense is. I'm going to take Kansas minus two. Um, I would be, I'm just praying that, that it's not like UCF's game last week where, uh, where they, where their opponent wins by one. Um, because a two-point spread is is really, really not that much. I'm basically picking Kansas to win by uh, at least a field goal, which in most traditional cases happens anyway if you win a game. So I will take Kansas minus two um, to, to win the game and to win by a field goal. 
There you go. Okay, Greg, I have been thinking long and hard about this. As um, you should. And I agree with most of what you said about all the games this weekend. I am actually going to go with one of my picks. I'm going to take Baylor to win. Um, because Texas Tech is a one-point favorite, that means that all Baylor has to do to cover the spread is win. <laughs> now, I made that sound really easy, but that's all it is. So I'm just going to take Baylor money line on this one. Um, I don't know which one is better money in Vegas, um, but I'm taking Baylor to win. And in turn, that means that they're going to cover the spread as well. Slightly better odds on on money line, but it'll only get you uh, maybe like a penny or two to the dollar. Yeah. So essentially the same thing. Um, All right, Greg, who who is on the upset alert this week for you? Well, I, well, I already talked about TCU. I, I think they're you know they they could be on on upset alert, and I could stick with them. But I'm going to kind of pivot back. Um, Look, I may have my orange covered glasses on. I may be a delusional OSU fan, but I'm going to put Kansas State on upset alert. They are, this is by far the biggest spread uh, in terms of the game this week, games uh, this week in the Big 12. I mean, we have six and a half, six and a half, two, one, and then 12. Um, so this is, uh, you know, supposed to be the least competitive game this week. But I think that Boone Pickens Stadium, night game, blackout, you finally have some consistency at starting quarterback. You hope the bye week helped, you know, get some more reps there. Um, I'm a complete nerd. I listen to Mike Gundy's radio show. He's he's talked about Alan Bowman getting now the majority of, of the, the first team reps in practice, whereas before they were splitting it evenly. So, I mean, his, his first team reps has gone from 33% to They've 60%. They've doubled. Um, and I think they know what they need to do to get over that hump. Um, it's just a matter of if, if they're capable um, and, and, and if they've got the, the coaching and the guys to do it. I'm, I was too, too weary to pick them to win, but I will put Kansas State on upset alert because I think this will be a lot of fun. All right, there you go. Greg, I'm putting Kansas on upset alert. I picked UCF to win the game. I'm putting Kansas on upset alert, especially especially if they don't have Jalen Daniels. Um, to me, that that if they don't have Jalen Daniels, I might not even call that an upset if UCF wins, uh, just because he Jalen Daniels does a lot. He's a very good quarterback. He can run. He can throw. Um, he's he's got all the tools, as they would say. Okay, Greg, do you have anything else you want to say to the good listeners? I'm just trying to remember who our upset alert was last week. I think mine was Houston over over Tech, possibly. And was yours West Virginia? Mine. I'm, I'm trying to give you some credit here because if I think your upset alert was West Virginia. No, my West for, my my upset alert was Houston uh, because of Donovan Smith coming back. Oh, well, then what was was mine West Virginia then? Uh I don't know what yours was. Your wait, uh, wasn't uh, yours BYU? Uh, that was your lock. Oh no, that was just your uh, I'm gonna have to go back and listen because if that's true, my my upset alert is is has a better record than my lock in, in in winning outright. That's crazy. Well, fans, don't fade Greg. 
That's all I'm going to say. Hey, if Don't. you got on my upset alert, you'd be made. You'd be. You'd be. A you'd be rolling, rolling in the dimes and pennies as Greg and I are over here every week. Actually, I'm losing dimes and pennies. <laughs> yeah, all right. Two, two and four might, might not win you very much money. Yeah, you know. All right. Well, everybody, thank you for listening to the podcast. Um, thanks for sticking with us. If you would not mind sharing this podcast with your friends, your family, your dog, uh, your coworker, your spouse, um, your other podcast hosts, if you host a podcast, um, we are trying to grow this podcast, as I've said many times before, so that all Big 12 fans can listen um, and and put their thoughts and feelings into this into this podcast. If you guys have any suggestions for us, please let us know. Uh, you can reach out to us on X formerly known as Twitter and on Instagram where we are at around the underscore 12. Um, We thank you for listening and we hope you have a great weekend watching football. Uh, We thank you. We love you. Goodbye.